Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm an integrative and functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in well over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs. And I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a school in practitioner mentorship where we help other clinicians level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what this show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I would love for you to subscribe to the show, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Now give me the mic so I can take it away. Hello, friends. Happy New Year. Today's episode is a little bit different, something I haven't done before. And I got this idea after chatting with a bunch of you on Instagram. I pulled uh, my Instagram audience and I asked, what is something that bothers you about wellness? And the overwhelming response pun intended, is the sheer overwhelm. Um, Broad sweeping generalizations, everybody should do this. The all or nothing approach. Either I'm doing it all 100% or what's even the point? And I think back to a question that somebody asked a few weeks ago, which is, does it have to be so all or nothing? Do I have to do all the labs, buy all the expensive supplements in order to be healthy, or can I just start small? And I asked, this was my response, is like, when has the all or nothing approach really served you long-term anywhere else in your life. It, it, it rarely works, right? So same is true for health, but when we're being inundated with all the information about health all the time, it's this perpetual feeling like we're falling short. And I, my question for myself is how do I help? How can I be a helper there? How can I help to reduce the overwhelm and quite frankly, reduce people's suffering when it comes to their health? How do I simplify this? How do I streamline this? So I had the idea to bring on uh, different people, and I'm talking to everybody on my team today, about real basic strategies that that work for them. Um, so you get two perspectives. You get the perspective of practitioners, myself and my lead practitioner, Rachel, but then you also get the pers- pract- uh, the perspective of non-practitioners, uh, my ops manager, Jenna, and Laura Fox from Maine Fox Marketing, who haven't made health and wellness like their entire livelihood. Um, and so it's a little bit of a, of a peek back behind the curtain of what just kind of like real people are doing in their lives, right, for their health. And I asked two questions. I asked everybody two questions. What's something that you do every day that's just a non-negotiable? You you don't have to think about it anymore. It's baked in like a habit, almost like brushing your teeth. You don't really think about it. You just do it. And so it doesn't require a ton of thought or effort. And then the second question is what's something that you learned or implemented this year that has paid big dividends in your health that you would want to share with somebody else? And I was I didn't give people a lot of time to overthink this. I was kind of like, think about it for a day or two and then let's go. So um, I'm excited for you to to hear from everybody. As the, the idea came to me because as I were gearing up for another carb compatibility project, uh, January 9th, Monday we begin. And as I was generating the uh, marketing material for this and writing emails and you know writing things for social media to promote it and talk about the program, I realized like, oh my gosh, this is it for me. Like I am so grateful that I don't have to overthink my nutrition anymore, which doesn't mean that my nutrition doesn't matter. Food is extraordinarily important to me, has been and will continue to be, but I don't have to think about it. I just kind of fall back on this is the way that I eat. And I really owe the Carb Compatibility Project 
Like I owe that to the carb compatibility project. I always eat some iteration of this program, whether I'm on vacation or not on vacation, whether it's the holidays or not the holidays this is how I feed my family. This is how, this is just how I eat. This is how I live. And there's no second guessing. There's no like, ooh, should I be more plant-based or should I eat more animal protein or am I eating too many carbs? Am I eating too much sugar? There's just none of that second guessing. There's no drama. And I cannot explain to you how freeing that is, how liberating that is, because I lived with a lot of drama in my head about my health for a very, very long time. And I would even second guess myself sometimes. And I just, I just don't do that anymore. And by freeing up, by not, not doing that with food, by just like knowing how to feed myself, it frees up so much headspace to do other things. And, you know, like the work that I do and being with my family and I just don't have to overthink and it feels really good. I know my body and I really trust my body to communicate to me what it needs. And I am absolutely unmoved by external forces. We really touched upon this, uh, my conversation with Michelle Shapiro last week. And that's really not the norm for people. The norm for people is to continue to look for information, look for information, look for information. It's like this ongoing act of pursuing wealth, pursuing health, pursuing the best nutrition. And I'm all for that. But at a certain point, you know, if you're doing your absolute most and you're doing your absolute best and you don't believe that's good enough, where does that leave you? It's a lot of what we talked about a couple of weeks ago in the Manifest Your Health coaching episode. And I just found that I was exhausting myself with this perpetual quest for the exact right diet. And it, at a certain point, I just had to trust that I was doing that. And once I did that, man, gosh, it opened up a whole new world for me. So I've been doing a lot of reflecting about that. And I'm not saying that it it didn't take time and effort up front. It certainly did. That's part of why I created the Carb Compatibility Project um, and and baked so much of that into this four-week program. But I'm really glad that I took the time to do that because on the other side of building that in as habit, as just what I do, there's a lot of freedom to be had. And so the Carb Compatibility Project is open for enrollment. You can go to thefunctionalnutritionist.com forward slash CCP and you can sign up. There is a prep week to get you started. So I do encourage you to sign up early just so you can get the lay of the land. You'll also get free access to the upcoming uh, New Year's Breathwork Intention. That's this Friday. So I'm really excited about that. It's going to be great. We'll do a breathwork class together, set some intentions. And hey, maybe one of your intentions is to spend this year releasing the act of pursuing, releasing the need to get it perfect and um, settling for good enough. You know, like when does good enough just get to be good enough? That thought alone just really takes a lot of overwhelm out for me. And then in terms of, to answer my own question, a something I learned or a new thing I impl- implemented this year, I would actually say uh, it's twofold. One is really focusing on strength training. So I, I definitely gave a head nod to this in episode 233 when I interviewed Angelo Keeley. Uh, the episode is protein intake in building muscle mass. So I really prioritized uh, strength training. And I just do, dumb, for the most part, I do dumbbell, dumbbells at home, but I increased the weight that I was lifting. I also practice at Steamhouse in Epping, New Hampshire um, yoga and hot Pilates and things of that nature. But I, I prioritized making sure that I was putting up some heavy weights or heavy for me anyway. And uh, that really changed. I also strategized my protein intake and specifically started supplementing with Keon Aminos. And both of those things really shifted things around for me. Keon Aminos has really become a fundamental support for myself, um, overall fitness energy, obviously building muscle, like I said, and just enhancing my overall recovery. So I don't feel as sore after lifting heavy weights and I feel more inclined to want to do it again. And that is really why I wanted to make Keon Aminos a sponsor of this podcast and also interview the co-founder as I did a few weeks back. 
Kian aminos are backed by over 20 years of clinical research. They use the highest quality ingredients. There's no fillers. There's no junk. And it tastes good. Amino acids, if you've ever tried them, they have a funky smell. They taste really gnarly. These do not. And you get to save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% on any one-time purchase by going to getkion.com forward slash funk. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com slash F-U-N-K to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Kion Aminos. I, I, I think the active putting muscle mass on um, really enhanced my overall immunity is the best way I can describe that. I just feel this year I have felt more resilient with my health and my energy levels than ever before. And that's really the only like major tweak that I've done with physic, like with my physicality. I think it's paying dividends. So uh, the other thing that I did that's more mental mindset shift is Uh, Because I had this belief that I could either work on my health or work on my body composition, I I couldn't do them both at the same time. I wanted to, and I can definitely speak more on this. Um, I think I talked about this in the shoulds and shames of weight loss. That's a really great episode to start your year off if you haven't listened already. Um, But I... I wanted to like meld them together. What if I could make some body composition goals and also maintain and enhance my health at the same time? Because for me, think about it, when I, you know, I was anorexic, I was bulimic, the act of pursuing body composition changes actually put me in a very depleted health state. And in order to replete my health after I got sick, I had to gain weight. So there's a lot of uncoupling that needed to happen for me. And so one of the things that I did, and I actually, I I have to shout out the Body Intentions Breakthrough because putting that class together to teach um, really helped me out with this, but I created a new mantra for myself, which is I love the way my body looks and feels. So looks and feels, I bridged them together in a mantra. And I don't, I haven't done a ton with mantra work this year, a little bit more so. I, I've had some success with it. And that that just seems to be like a very nourishing and supportive thought. So I think that when I'm out walking, I think that when I'm moving my body, I think that when I'm eating food, just anything that I'm doing to caretake my body, I'm like, I love the way my body looks and feels. And when I say that, I also pair it with an elevated emotion. We'll talk about this in the, we do talk about that in the Body Intentions Breakthrough. We'll also talk about it in the upcoming class um, that I'll be teaching on January 6th. So those, and you can absolutely, if that feels good to you, steal that mantra for yourself this year. It's a good one. So those are my two biggies from this year. And now I want you to hear from my team. And so my intention of this episode is that you start your year off with one thing, one strategy, one, one practice that you can implement and feel good about rather than doing all of the things and doing them perfectly a hundred percent. What if instead you focused on one thing and let that be good enough? So hopefully hearing from us, you can generate an idea um, about what that one thing is for you. And I hope you enjoy. If you'd like to conquer sleep with Ned's dream set, functional nutrition podcast listeners get 15% off with code FUNK. Go to helloned.com forward slash FUNK or enter code FUNK at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash F-U-N-K to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Erin. Uh, So we have Rachel Mystery on the line and Rachel is our lead practitioner. So many of you know, Rachel, she's been on the podcast before. If you've done any work with us, whether it's one-on-one, your hormone revival, carb compatibility project, you have interfaced with Rachel. She's also the lead mentor of the Functional Nutrition Academy. So she is a full-time employee of the Functional Nutritionist and she wears a lot of hats in her role. So you're going to give the 
one of the practitioner perspectives. So I think it's fair to say that like we've made a life out of health. So we <laughs> value our health. So people get the perspective of us. And then they also get the perspective of like not healthcare practitioners too. But I would love to hear from you as somebody who knows a lot about the human body and about health. What is one practice that you just kind of have on lock that you don't really think about? It's just part of your day-to-day habits. Um, I would say over this past year, I have really set boundaries about how I'm checking my phone and my notifications. And, um, basically this past year, I joined a team, your team, and we work with people We're we're on different time zones basically. And oh, I would yeah, I myself- should say that you're, you're <laughs> on West coast. So Rachel yes. lives in San Jose, California. <laughs> I knew I was going to forget San Jose. I was like Santa Clara. I'm like, that's not Aaron. We just talked about it. Yeah. Um, I, at least I'm not calling it Silicon Valley anymore. Yeah. So I'm doing, <laughs> doing pretty good. So we're on completely different time zones. Um, yes. And like everybody on the team kind of works on different time zones too. So that's just to lay up what you're about to say. So I found myself, I, my alarm would go off. It would be like six 45 in the morning. And first thing I would do, cause I would have notifications is I would check those notifications, be responding to emails. And I hadn't even gotten myself out of bed. So this past year I've made it a policy of my own to make sure I'm not checking work related messages or responding to those things while in bed. And now that I'm on the team full-time, I check and respond to those messages when I actually start my work day. Um, and I feel like that's just really set me up for success with starting my day appropriately. Well, how so? Like, what do you, like, what difference have you noticed? Cause I think a lot with push notifications on our phone, like I don't have any turned on, like, so mm-hmm. Voxer, email, Instagram, face, like nothing. It's Same. only text messages. Um, what do you feel like that does for you on like a health perspective? I feel like it, it does help me be very intentional about, okay, I'm logging into social media for me to check this. Um, I feel like I have a less of a sense of overwhelm in that first half of my day, or even those first few hours when I'm getting ready, I feel like I have time for myself to kind of recalibrate. Um, and same thing with the end of the day, I am not checking work emails while sitting on the couch, relaxing with the family. So I feel like overall, I feel less stressed. I feel like I'm actually able to unwind and decompress. And even though it's something as simple as turning off those notifications from work, I also don't have Instagram or email. I get text and phone calls that come through basically. And I love that from a health perspective too. Yeah. I definitely, because we're on different time zones. So Rachel starts her work like or starts her workday hours later than I do, but that means she also ends her workday hours later than I do. And as the CEO of the company, I'm like Johnny on the spot with everything. And I had to do pretty much the same, but like on the other half of the day where I'm like, if you send me a message past 5 PM, my time, like, or 6 PM, my time, like chances are, I'm not going to look at it until the next day. So if it's an emergency, text me, I'll get that. And I think just having those being communicative about those boundaries, Mm -hmm. I think is really important because it's not just about setting boundaries, but it's about like saying like, Hey, you know, you know, communicating boundaries with other people. So then other people can actually hold you accountable to the boundaries that you're setting for yourself, which is something that I think we all try to help each other do. So we're not, you know, burning the candle at both ends all the time. For sure. Like just this week, that example or a perfect example. I was in bed and I was listening to a boxer and Taylor's like, what are you doing? <laughs> so he held me accountable and it was really good. I was like, okay, I'll deal with this later. Um, yeah. Sharing yeah. your, like, you know, the work life stuff is always so tricky, especially because we both work from home too. Mm-hmm. And we like the work that we do. And, um, I'm always trying when I'm like trying to set more division between work home life, I always tell Scott like, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. So he can like gently call me out if I'm not upholding that for myself. Yeah. No, it's helpful too. It's else we're outsourcing it a little bit. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Cause I'm like, I, I will betray my own boundaries sometimes with, with certain things. And so having that accountability can be really helpful. What is something that you either learned like a new thing you learned this year or new thing you implemented, or maybe both, um, that has paid big dividends for your health. Um, 
I would say regarding coffee, my relationship with coffee, Mm -hmm. I, um, I started to realize this actually, I want to say maybe it was last year, um, during the pandemic, uh, the clinic that I worked at, we reduced our hours and I would have these really slow, relaxing mornings. I would drink my coffee either on the couch or outside, take the dog for a walk. And then 30 minutes into this walk, I would start to feel really, really overwhelmed. Like what is going on? I couldn't figure out what it was. I'm like, this is the ideal situation. I'm not working. I'm walking the dog. I had a slow, easy morning. And then I realized I was like, oh, I'm, I'm drinking coffee on an empty stomach before I start my day. And that's something that I've really been mindful with now is making sure that I have something in my stomach that I've eaten something before I reach for that caffeine. Um, and that's been a biggie for me also from like a stress perspective and like adrenal supportive perspective. It's also really good for your blood sugar. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that just in case this is a new idea, new concept to somebody? Um, I will say, I will echo that when I'm in like a higher stress state, I can't do caffeine on an empty stomach. Mm -hmm. If I'm more relaxed and kind of low key, it's, it's not a problem for me, but I mean, like, let's be honest, most people that we work with are not in like a low key parasympathetic state most of the time. And so this is a huge thing that we, we recommend, whether it's your hormone revival, we'll talk about it in the carb compatibility project, but can you just explain to people like physiologically why that's a thing? Like, why would you feel more revved up and like anxious or irritable if you're drinking caffeine without food? The way that I explain it is coffee on an empty stomach is like jet fuel to your adrenals. It's essentially a stimulant. So it's going to contribute to that rise in cortisol, which for some people it might rise more than they like, depending on the strength of their coffee, depending on how much caffeine they're actually drinking. Um, if I'm like, I really need something right now and I need to run out the door to do something, then sometimes I'll do like a matcha, which has L-theanine in it. And that can slow the release of the caffeine in the bloodstream. And I don't get jittery and I don't get that stress and that overwhelm as well. And so when you drink coffee now, do you just pair it with your breakfast? And then afterwards, like I have my cup of coffee right here and I had breakfast an hour ago. What'd you have for breakfast? Um, eggs on simple needs toast with some avocado and sprouts and pickled onions. That sounds really good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for giving us little pro tips here. I'm trying to, you know, everyone, as you know, is telling us how overwhelmed they are with the prospect of like, these are all the things we are being inundated with information. And there's so many things that I could be doing for my health. I don't even know where to start. So I think those two things being mindful of notifications, because like everybody across the board saying I'm Mm -hmm. overwhelmed and not everybody is taking like stock of where the overwhelm is coming from. Um, but those notifications, I think they'll, they'll get you, they'll get you good because it like, at least when I get them, yes, it's like a bit of a dopamine hit, but it's also for me, it's like, it pitches me into like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta move, gotta move. Even though like that isn't true, you know, like if I, it's like puts, puts me in a, like, I need to do something with this information. Um, even though like, I actually don't need to do something with that information at that exact time. So appreciate you. Thanks for sharing. And of course. If you want to hear more from Rachel and get her pro tips, uh, join us for the carb compatibility project. Cause she's going to be moderating some of the Q and A. So you'll get, you'll get access to me for Q and A's. You'll get access to Rachel for Q and A's. So it's going to be great. The dream team. Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a quick break so we can talk about element. I'm so pumped to hear that you guys are digging this stuff. I knew you would. It's so freaking tasty. I did get a question about sodium. Somebody asked if I was concerned with the sodium content and the answer is not at all. In fact, that's why I sought out Element as my electrolyte drink of choice. Active athletes, especially during hot weather, can lose up to seven grams of sodium per day just through sweat alone. And in order to replete that, to replace that, we need both water and sodium so we can reestablish appropriate and proper hydration. I'm active. I like to do hot yoga. Honestly, on my hot yoga days, I actually double down on Element. I know many of you are active as well. So this is something that we really should be mindful of. Salt has been villainized. It's not the bad guy. We need salt. We need minerals. We need electrolytes. And if you want to do it in a yummy way, Element is your thing. So right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. So that's eight packets for free with any element order. It's a great way 
to try the flavor, see what you like. And you can get it at drinkelement.com forward slash funk. The deal is only available through my link. You got to go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash funk. You also get a no questions asked refund. So try it risk-free. You're going to love it. Hi there. Uh, so this is Jenna and I'm the operations manager for Aaron. In the other segments, Aaron is interviewing Laura and Rachel, but I'm going solo for my part because Aaron is taking some very well-deserved time off. Y'all know that she advocates for like taking breaks and self-care and recharging, so you can just consider this a perfect example of that. So a little bit about me, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee as of right now, so that's another time zone we can add to the list. (laughs) But I do hope to be in New England by the end of the year, fingers crossed. So as for my role at the Functional Nutritionist, as Operations Manager, I help oversee and manage the processes and the inner workings of essentially all the things that Erin does. So Functional Nutrition Academy, I help with the podcast, the Functional Nutritionist programs, and our one-to-one membership. I also handle a lot of the client communication and technical stuff. So if you've ever reached out to us for help, it's very possible that I have responded to you. So I wear a few hats and I love it. I love, love, love it. I love helping people. So this job is... It's really everything I've ever dreamed of because I just love being a part of what Aaron does and also seeing firsthand the impact that it has in people's lives is just an absolute honor. So diving into these questions, um, when I saw that the first question was what's something that you do every single day and you don't even think about it and it benefits your health, I got very excited because I knew exactly what I was going to talk about as soon as I saw this because there's something that I've been talking about for probably the last decade. Actually, it would be the last decade now (laughs) because it really changed my life in 2012. So start with a quick story. In 2012, I had like a really rough year and a lot of things happened and my nervous system was just shot. I was reacting to things very quickly and very negatively and I was my threshold was very low I had no energy and I would get these debilitating tension headaches that would you know I'd wake up with them I would have to call in from work because of them just overall I was not doing very well and I had tried meditating a couple of times and I was really interested with it because firstly, I was just really fascinated with the fact that I couldn't sit still for 10 minutes. It, it seems like something that should be easy enough, but once you actually try to do it, it suddenly is a completely different thing. So that in itself was very interesting to me, but I also noticed after the first time that I had done it that I felt differently, you know, physically and mentally. So. I decided to make a practice of it and every morning I would start my day or at least before I started my work day because at the time I was working in the restaurant industry so I was working at night I would meditate for at least 20 minutes and I would do this every day without fail I really committed to it even though it was not easy you know sitting still for 20 minutes when you're not used to it is not very easy and it's funny because I would also fall asleep so it was like It was almost like my body was confused and was like, oh, you're not going a million miles of an hour and being in like a high stress state. You must be asleep. So let's fall asleep. Um, That doesn't happen anymore, but it was definitely a part of the process. But I would still feel better afterwards every time. So I just kept doing it. I kept doing it. I noticed about a month in that there were pretty significant differences. I remember noticing that I was sleeping better, that I was reacting to things differently. So I was not jumping into a narrative that would ruin my entire day. I would just take something and observe it and then let it go, which is exactly what meditating 
like that inv- it involves a lot of that when you're just sitting there quietly with yourself. So, of course, I was noticing it, but the the things that really made me feel like okay, this works is that my my coworkers noticed it. Like the people around me were asking me, you know, Jenna, like, what did you do? What are you doing? Because you you just seem happier. That was what they said. You seem happier. And of course, I was just so eager to tell them all about how I started meditating and how it was a complete game changer. But the other thing that was really huge that changed my life because, you know, those tension headaches were chronic. I had had them for years and years and I don't have them at all anymore. And that was that was just such a powerful experience for me. So as of today, I'm still meditating every morning. It's usually between 15 and 20 minutes. I try to start my day with it. So like kind of kind of to what Rachel was saying in terms of not tuck and rolling into your day, you know, having that space, just a little space between waking up and starting your day. That's like where the magic happens, I feel like. So that's, I still commit to that. I wake up, drink a glass of water, meditate for 15 to 20 minutes, and then I start my day. And of course, this is something I also still tell my friends and family about whenever the opportunity presents itself. And this is because I think that this is an extremely actionable step that can be taken. You know, if you if you hear 20 minutes and you're like, Ugh, like that's too, I don't have that type of time, just five or 10 minutes. You could do it in the morning. You could do it at the end of your day. You could take a pause, do it, you know, before you have lunch or something. But it giving that time to yourself, having that opportunity to just sit and connect internally, it really, really makes a huge difference. (laughs) Or it did for me. And that's why I'm so excited to talk about it. It's also very accessible. So, you know, it doesn't cost anything. You can find meditation music on YouTube. You can do it out in nature. Just go sit somewhere near some trees. Uh, I know that Erin has some meditations available on the website. I know that we incorporate nervous system support into our program. So Carb Compatibility Project, E to Achieve, Your Hormone Revival, they all have a component of nervous system support, and that includes meditation. So that's the answer to my first question. Now, the second question is, what's something new that you learned or implemented this year that has paid big dividends on your health? And I actually had a few of these, but the one that I think was really the most impactful was being more aware of what I eat and when I eat. Now, when I say that, basically, I shifted into eating whole foods over the last few years. And prior to that, I was still eating more healthily, healthily, healthier. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know which word I should be using. But basically, I considered myself a healthy eater. But I wasn't really paying attention to what I was eating. As an example, I would wake up in the morning, do my meditation, of course. But then I would have a coffee and then I'd have a fruit salad and I would be like, all right, fruit is healthy, healthy fruits. That's all I need. And then I'd feel terrible for before lunch. I'd get hangry. And I didn't realize at the time that it had everything to do with what I was eating. So acknowledging like the components of my meals and how to best support my body with what I'm putting on my plate at any given meal made a huge difference. And I that's something I actually learned a lot about through the Carb Compatibility Project because it helped me wrap my head around not so much having an exact plan because I can be a little bit more resistant to that, you know, it, it's that sounds like a much bigger thing to do, but having a framework that you can follow when you're preparing a meal or preparing a snack is very helpful. So now I 
don't get hangry because I know how to avoid it in the first place. And when I do eat, I just feel more balanced. You know, I feel like I my body got everything that it needed, but I also don't feel like bloated or over full, I guess. And it that just has its own benefits. Like not getting, if you've been hangry, you know the impact of it. Like it makes you, my least favorite part is the short temperedness of it. Like I used to, like there's this joke that my husband has now where like if I seem snappy, it's because I need to eat something. <laughs> but that joke ha has happened less and less often, which is great. Um, and I think an unspoken, maybe not unspoken, but underrated benefit of having that framework to work off of is that it really helps you when you're meal planning and then grocery shopping because you know it's not there's not this chaos of oh I need to eat I need to make sure I have food and my family has food but I also need to make sure that I'm following this exact thing it's more just like oh I know what I need and this is how I do it and as you build the habit over time like it just gets easier and easier I think Erin put it very well when she was talking about how you reach a certain point where you're like, oh, this isn't a habit that I have to, like, uh, thoughtfully execute anymore. I'm just doing it. And I don't think I'm quite there yet, but I know I'm on the right track. And the, the physical results that I've had with these changes just give me reason to believe that I should probably just stick with it and keep it up. This episode is brought to you by our show sponsor, Organifi. If you're interested in hormonal health, I suggest you check out their Harmony Blend. It was specifically designed for PMS support to help balance out female hormones and to give you a little energy boost with the adaptogenic herbs that they use like Shatavari and maca. So it's a cacao and maca blend. I happen to love those two flavors together. So tasty. Uh, we also have ginger and turmeric added to the mix. So it's kind of like a spicy treat. Chase tree berries also featured, which is an herb that has been long shown to support female hormones. So I highly recommend that product. It's really tasty. Great for post-meal sweet treats. You mix a little bit with either hot water. I personally like it with non-dairy milk. And uh, if you're somebody who has a sweet tooth, check them out. Head to Organifi.com forward slash funk. So that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk or use code funk to save you 20% on any of your orders. Okay, so I've got Laura Fox here. Laura is she's she's not a full-time employee of Team FN, but she's helped us out a lot. Actually, Laura, this time last year we were just wrapping up like the biggest project ever. I was thinking about that. Laura Literally um <laughs> Laura spearheaded the entire redo of my website. So my website was about eight years old. It had a ton of content on it and we wanted to revamp the whole thing. We actually had to move it over, migrate it over to like something else. It was a, the, a massive, massive undertaking. So Laura strategized the entire thing for us and helped out with so much. So we have worked with Laura for over a year. I'm just going to shout her out. Uh, she's local to us. She lives in York, Maine, but you work with people outside of our local area for website stuff, right? I do. Yeah. But most of my clients are in the Seacoast area. You're, you've got a very local vibe to you. I grew and, up in Maine, so I hope yeah. so. Um, my business is the name includes Maine. It's intentional. Maine Fox, right? <laughs> yeah. Maine Fox marketing. Um, so Laura does website strategy for us, SEO, search engine optimization, website design, copy editing, and she also spearheaded the entire redo of the FNA website too. <laughs> so we did two websites in a year. Um, and then we continue to hire her ongoing for consulting on strategy and SEO support. So she's a real whiz kid with all of that. And because I'm interviewing everybody on the team, um, as a way to streamline and simplify health for folks who are feeling 
really overwhelmed. I'd love to ask you, what is something that you really have on lock when it comes to your health? Just something that you don't even think about that you just, you just do. Yeah. So I was trying to think about the answer to this and I was struggling a little bit because I was thinking about it like, okay, I wake up in the morning and you mentioned like when you're asking me yesterday, what is the um, thing that feels so easily ingrained in me, like brushing my teeth, for example. And so I was thinking about practices that I do, like I practice yoga or I take daily walks or I, um, you know, take vitamins and supplements. But to be fair, I don't actually maintain those things every day. And I have this, well, I, I feel like I align it to my astrology. So I'm a, um, I'm a Sagittarius sun. And I have a Virgo moon and a Virgo rising. And if you know much about those signs, you know that those aren't really very similar. Um, and Virgo, my Virgo side is like, yeah, give me routine and give me structure and like consistency. And my Sag, when I lean too far into that, I'm like, get me out of here. Like, what are you doing? Be spontaneous, explore the world, don't even have a home. Like just, you know, I'm so conflicted in that place. So I'm essentially always seeking balance. So to bring it back around, my point is, I don't feel like I can honestly say I have a daily practice, but I do feel like I have this um, ingrained way of like creating or making choices that align with my values that play into my health, my physical health and my emotional health and my spiritual health and all those things. So that could be like when I, go to a store and make a purchase that's for food, for example, like I'm picking intentionally going to like Vernon Family Farm, for example, which is my favorite farm, um, which I know you love too. And I'm choosing things that are in season or, and not to say that I never go to a, like a regular grocery store, but even if I do that, my default is to like, I'm not picking strawberries in the middle of winter. I'm picking, you know, something that I, know is locally sourced as much as possible or um if you like move it into skincare for example i'm like picking plant-based skincare and i'm buying it from like a local um a local small business is the way like, <laughs> <laughs> i can't speak um so point being i am like i'm making an intention that's like not actually it's not conscious anymore i just like do it i don't you know, I like wouldn't go to the grocery store and buy like chips ahoy to like indulge in a cookie. I would just like go to a cafe and buy a chocolate cookie or I would make it myself. And not to say that chocolate cookies are like great for you, but um, if you're if I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it in a certain way. And it just doesn't even feel like a choice because it feels like that's just what I who I am or if I'm purchasing something for my home um, to clean with like. I just default to like non-toxic options. Just basically I've, I've made it a point to get as much education as I can that aligns with the values that I have personally and the budget that I can maintain and all those things. Like this is obviously super subjective to me, um, but anybody can make it super subjective to them too, right? If they're like just defaulting to, well, does this actually like before you make that purchase, does this align with how I want to live my life? Am I supporting the people I want to support by this purchase or supporting my body or mind in the way that I want to? It's like baked into the fabric of who you are, you know, right. the, your choices. I'm curious, have you ever, are you familiar or have you ever done Gretchen Rubin's four tendency quiz? Do you know what I tendency you I are? I did it with this, because uh, I did CCP with you last year. Um, is it the questioner? That's what Oh, I'm you are a questioner. Oh, I was yeah. going to say I'm either like... questioner or rebel. So just for anyone who hasn't taken the carb compatibility project with me, I like to start it off because this framework helps you understand how to build habits. And, and she puts people into one of four categories. So it's upholder, obliger, questioner, or rebel. Um, I'm also a questioner. Questioners and obligers are like the two main categories. Questioners, basically you'll do something if it makes sense for you. If you can explain and understand why you'll do it. Uh, obligers uh, will do it if they if somebody else is counting on them. 
Upholders really just make a commitment to themselves and like, that's all they need. And then rebels are always the wild card. And so I always joke, like if, like I have pro tips for all the categories for rebels, I'm like, you guys are on your own. I don't even know. But if you happen to be a rebel, or if you kind of rebel against any external authority, or somebody tells you what to do, or somebody gives you a framework, you're like, oh no, I'm not doing that. The, the one thing that you can tap into is what do I believe? What what choices would be representative of uh, a representation of me, who I am at my core, what I want to believe, what my values are. And so I would, that's why I was asking, cause I was curious if you were a rebel, cause that would be in lockstep with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I was questioner, but that does sound like maybe my other side, maybe my Sag is the rebel. That's right. That's right. <laughs> By the way, I'm a Sag rising in a Virgo moon. So we've got some similarities oh. in our charts. Whoa. And then what are you, sun? Is it Pisces? Pisces. Nobody, like people are very surprised by that. They're like, you're not an Aries. <laughs> you're not I like know. a wicked fire sign. No, oh, I like right. cry by myself. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that new astrology? I'm not going to be able to speak to this well, but my aunt was telling me about there's because of the way that the like planets have shifted over time, something to do with, there's like a 13th sign. Have you heard about this? I have not. Okay. Well, I don't know enough to share on, especially on a podcast, but I will send you. There's no worry. No pressure. There's thousands of people thousands hearing of what you're about to say. But I think that because my birthday is December 11th, I'm pretty sure that I am the, that 13th sign, but it pushes everybody. So like my aunt, who's usually an Aries is actually a Pisces. So I don't know when yours is, but maybe you're actually. I'm on the cusp. I think <laughs> I, I'll, um, I'll, my birthday is March 17th, St. Patrick's day. So any astrologers write in and tell me what's going on, but I mean, I'm pretty emotional, so I think it tracks and I, uh, spend a lot of time like zooming around on the astral field. Um, so, okay. So let's move into something that either you learned this year or applied this year that has paid some big dividends with your health and health can encompass anything, mental health, physical health, overall well-being, what have you. Um, yes. So I, this year has been like an emotionally challenging year for me. I've had some shifts in my life in the summertime, um, that made me sort of question my thought process and like how I, how I can spiral, basically, how I can like pay too much attention to a future that I'm seeking or a past that I wish I still had. And I'm so I, I had this sort of catalyst happen that made me start to think more about this. And my, um, I started reading more uh, sort of spiritual books. And one of them was Eckhart Tolle's um, A New Earth. And I read his second book first by accident, but whatever. <laughs> um, I got the gist of it and it was really helpful to me. Um, basically to just, my challenge is that I don't pay as much attention as I think would be beneficial to me to the present moment. And the benefits of that are huge. I've like, I've learned how to pull myself out of spiraling thoughts in a way that I hadn't been able to before. And it's not be I'm not saying I don't have those spiraling thoughts. I still have them. I just have like learned some practices to pay attention. So like when I am in a thought process where like I'm sort of letting my imagination like take control and just move into a memory or a desired future that I once had um or still have and it's hold it's like it feels like it's holding me in a place that doesn't actually feel um, safe or healthy. And so my practice, it's pretty simple, is just like, literally, I might just say to myself, like, pay attention, like right when I notice that I'm in that spiraling memory or thought, I just will like try to break myself out of it. And sometimes that's just literally saying pay attention. Sometimes I do that. Um, what is it like the five, three, five, four, three, two, one thing, which is um, this with the senses. So like, you'll notice one thing for each sense so you know i'm in a room right now and i'm like looking at a photograph of a fox and uh what do i smell i smell like you know a candle next to me or um what do i what am i touching i can like feel the chair underneath me and you just when you 
pay attention to the present moment in like a visceral way or like pay attention to your breath. Sometimes I'll just like start to count my breath or like, you know, inhale and then exhale slightly longer than the inhale so that I like move into my parasympath parasympathetic nervous system. All of this is intending to help me to ground into the present moment. And I know for me, that's like been hugely, hugely beneficial over the last like six months. This is very, very timely. Just, we didn't plan this. Like we didn't workshop this. Um, just two weeks ago at the time this will be recorded, I released an episode, um, a listener had written in and one of her struggles was major health anxiety using her words. And so many people, so many podcast listeners can absolutely relate to that myself included. And the, one of the suggestions I had for her was paying attention to when she was almost like future tripping or focusing too much on the pursuit of health, the pursuit of well-being, and come back to the present moment. And so I just feel like whether this is, you know, some like in your situation, it was more of a life change. I think people can absolutely apply this to the health. Cause I'm assuming that when you're talking about spiraling, you're talking about like, I think you had said like future pacing or, you know, this yeah. is what I wanted. This is not what I have. And we can go yeah. into like worst possible outcome. My, my brain's really good at like, what's the worst possible outcome. I'm going to prepare for that rather than just, you know, feet on the ground, anchoring into the present moment and asking like, what's actually happening right now. And can I just be here? Um, so I think that is a hugely beneficial practice. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast a little quickie. Um, we appreciate you here at team functional nutrition. And, uh, if anybody is looking for website help, SEO help, copy editing, call up Laura Fox. She is your gal. Thank you. I am also wrapping up this episode. So from all of us at The Functional Nutritionist, we want to say Happy New Year to all of you. We appreciate y'all so much. It's It really is an honor to be a part of your lives. And even if you don't typically hear from me, just know that I am in the background rooting for, for any of you at any given time. Aaron included. And as the ops manager, I can say with confidence that we have a lot of exciting stuff coming your way in 2023. And I hope that, you know, you have some information, information, probably definitely some information, but also some inspiration from these stories as you start this new year. It's going to be a good one. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.